business of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition, a Friday edition of the Security Squawk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Horning, here with Randy Bryan and Reginald Andre. How are you, gentlemen? Doing, Doing well. Uh, Doing great, man. We never talk about the weather anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the weather. The weather is just terrible here. It made me, it made me get a cold. I really believe the weather made me get a cold. And I got a friend who's got this conspiracy theory that our government is like doing things to the environment so we all get sick. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Great. Do I have to get the X-Files song out again? Last yeah. Week, yeah. 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 Yeah, isn't I, there something about the solar that's gonna stop the internet from working? In a I don't know. Weeks? We're using planes and we're spraying stuff in the uh, atmosphere that's causing us all to basically die. I think I don't know. Crazy stuff. <laughs> and to the uh, FBI agents tuning in, we're not b- subscribing to those uh, theories, right? <laughs> <laughs> As this person is saying, New York is flooding. <laughs> Um, so here we go. Please share uh, the show. Remember, um, we bring this stuff to you free of charge and we don't bore you with commercials and promote products on this show. We just talk about cybersecurity, um, educate you on what's going on out there in the world and what you can start doing to protect yourself. And in return, we just ask that you help us grow this show by commenting, liking, subscribing where you can, and sharing us out where you can. We're on most social media platforms, and we're on every podcasting platform. So you can either listen to us or watch us. And also, while you do that, please just take the time to rate our show, give us a like, or share us out to your friends and family. It helps the show grow. It also helps... Uh, the social media platforms understand the algorithms and what people like and what they don't like. And it allows people when they search for things to find the show when you do things like that and help us out. So that's kind of the intro. Um, and we're going to get into some, a couple things today, guys. Um, I'm a little under the weather. That's why we're doing this on a, a, on a Friday. Um, so I'm just going to try to plow through here and, uh, and bring you the goods. Um, but I'm sure Randy and Andre can make up for me if I have to step away because I'm coughing or something like that. Um, but at the end of the day, we got some big vulnerabilities that are out there that we believe as a crew that are going to lead to some major cyber attacks here in the near future. So you're going to want to pay attention to that. Um, also remember, put your comments down below. We'll see them. If you give permission to StreamYard, we will see them in, in, on our platform here. Uh, in StreamYard, and we'll bring them up on the screen and discuss them if they're relevant. So please share your comments wherever you're watching this right now. Um, and uh, what else are we going to talk about? We have um, <clears throat> a lot of emails that were just leaked out on the dark web, lots of them. So we're gonna, you're going to want to pay attention to that and understand what that means to uh, a lot of people. Um, and uh, I don't know. What else are we talking about? I don't know. I don't have the thing up in front of me. So help me out. I think we're going we're gonna to talk about the um, the Cisco routers. Yeah. It's actually, several brands. We're going to oh, talk yeah. about Okta. Oh, yeah. We got to deep dive into what happened with MGM, right? Um, and I think that's a good place to start uh, the show off because – that, that got a lot of attention. Um, it, it, amazing how a gambling company 
um, can really get the attention of the average American. And you start to learn, you start to, uh, you know, from from where we sit, guys, it's interesting what gets attention and what doesn't, right? Um, that's, that's thing one. Um, and sure enough, this MGM cyber attack is kind of, you know, that's right up there with Colonial Pipeline for me in terms mm -hmm. of how much press it's gotten. And we can debate whether that's warranted or not, but I just think there's there's been way more cyber attacks between Colonial Pipeline and MGM that deserve much more attention than this. First one I can sure. think of is Kronos, right? Mm -hmm. People not getting paychecks for three months because a payroll company is down is a bigger deal than people being able to show up to a casino and lose their money. Um, so <clears throat> let's jump into it. Um, and talk about, we kind of mentioned it on the, on the show last week. And, and when we talked about the MGM attack on the show, um, we mentioned Okta. And Okta um, has been at the center of a lot of cyber attacks recently. Um, and I think it was Andre and who mentioned that, you know, it was like a 10-minute phone call um, that caused this cyber attack. And so we know more about that 10-minute phone call uh, now. And quite frankly, this is cause for concern for a lot of organizations because this isn't the first time that we've seen a social engineering attack of, of this matter, of this magnitude. Um, and I think this is just the beginning of something that's going to be a big problem for companies in the near future. Mm -hmm. um, the, lack of, the lack of companies putting controls in place to verify people who are calling IT for help and support is becoming a major issue. And cyber criminals are getting very good at using this as a way into companies' networks. And it's happening more and more, in my opinion. So, um, you know, they, what they call these are identity attacks, right? And um, MGM Resorts is one of these affected in entities, and they have not yet fully disclosed the extent of the attack. Um, and basically, our information is primarily based on uh, information provided by the hackers, um, which is ALF-V, which used to be Black Cats. This is a big group, um, a very successful group, um, a group that can, you know, handle taking down a company the size of, of MGM. Um, you know, it's been reported that the losses for MGM are about $9 million a day. Um, and it's going to... This gonna... article says 50. What's that? This article says 50. So... A day? That's new information. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. A day? Yes. Holy Jesus. Wow. I wish I made $50 million a day. Um, <laughs> but what we're talking about here and, and the main issue and what we want to bring awareness to is these things called identity attacks. Um, it's nothing new. This is ha this happened with Twitter. It's happened with other large companies and these identity attacks, what they are is they often involve impersonation of and privileged escalation. Um, and as this article notes and as i said earlier growing it's a growing persistent threat to organizations worldwide and please share this show and make people who are in it aware of this problem because a lot of people may not be realizing that they have to put controls in place when it comes to who's calling into the help desk and whether or not that person on the other end of the line usually somebody 
who has a certain level of higher access because by default or, or it's required in IT for you to do things or make certain changes that you have certain privileges that other people don't have. That's why they have to call somebody else to get it done. Um, and it's really important that companies start looking at how they're handling these calls when they come in and what controls they have in place to verify the identity of the person calling in. Um, <clears throat> this is something that my company takes very seriously. We have controls in place. If you don't pass the muster, then you're not going to get support on that particular call until we, until we figure out who you are and we can confirm it through various methods. Um, so, you know, uh, to truly understand, you know, this article says to truly understand the gravity, it is essential to delve into the history of impersonation types of attacks and recognize, uh, urgency they present. Um, cyber criminals have been exploiting identity misconfigurations, and these could be considered weak passwords, inadequate MFA, lack of rate limiting, uh, stale user account handling, which is how, um, you know, uh, Colonial Pipeline got attacked. Uh, and this has been going on for decades. Um, but the methods and sophistication of these attacks have evolved dramatically. Um, and this article just goes on to basically point out that th these things started with phishing attacks and, you know, social media attacks. And now they've evolved into um phone calls and, 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 and we've put, you know, and this is just in a cat and mouse game, right? We put controls in place like MFA, like, you know, other, other things to prevent the attacks through like phishing and through um, social media. But people never really considered that somebody may be impersonating somebody over the phone. So there really isn't any controls there for a lot of companies and hackers understand this, and, and that's what they're going after, is companies that have no way to verify whether the person on the other end of the line is who they say they are. Um, <clears throat> and really, it's not hard for hackers to figure this out. All they have to do is make one phone call, and they can ask a few questions, or they can do certain things on that call to determine, and now you become a target because they understand that you don't have these things. And it's, it's pretty easy to tell whether you have these things or not. So, um, guys, your thoughts on kind of what I've laid out here in terms of, you know, I identity management and identity control um, and, you know, these social engineering types of attacks that we've seen. And I don't know, one of you can go into the details of exactly how uh, this went down at MGM now that we have more information. Um, but I'm going to give it to you guys now and stop talking. Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, the what pushback or how many more times does this have to happen where we're going to get our clients to understand that it is like this, you know, verification of getting support or asking for support. So, Brian, you said that you have that with your clients. Um, we've been talking with our clients. We know there's solutions out there. Um, but at the moment, we're getting pushback. It's like, hey, you know, we're small. We know your voices. You know us. We know you type of things. I don't know for Randy, how's that happening? How's that those conversations been with your clients? Um, people, I mean, people are people are saying that the, the problem here, I think, so we're looking at an article. We have an article for all of our viewers that we're looking at behind the scenes here. And the problem is the, the article calls out Okta, but you read it, it's not that they use some breach in Okta. 
or they found some code in Okta, you know, where they could get in and do their thing. They're literally doing what you just mentioned, social engineering. We all know they called, they got into the help desk. No one verified who it was that called in. Um, the bad actors were able to get passwords changed and get access and boom, they're in. Then they start using, you know, compromised passwords or whatever to get into other super admin accounts. Next thing you know, they're running the ro running the roost. Um, this, to, to in my opinion, this is this is the area we're going to see the most growth, and we're currently seeing the most growth is in social engineering, and people are underestimating how powerful it is. Um, and yes, we are hearing that, um, Andre from from smaller businesses trying to say, well, we're too small, we're this, we're that, you know, they don't have anything to get from us. When the reality is there's so much important data that they have, every business has, and there's so much money that can be made off every small business, they are still a huge uh, target. And we're just going to see this social engineering thing is going to go through the roof. Um, in fact, I'm planning on spending most of my month of October for cybersecurity month talking about um, this whole social engineering uh, thing, because we're just seeing such a huge increase in it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, one Aaron Nish, you know, did put out uh, a good comment here um, that it's a shared security model, and, and and I think that's something that a lot of businesses need to be educated on, right? Because it is, it, you know, it is a shared security model, right? You can't unless your contract specifically states that you know, this company is coming in and taking this off our plate completely, um, which I don't know of any company that takes that kind of a risk. Um, at the end of the day, you know, both sides of this, whether you use an outside company or you have your own internal IT, um, it's a shared risk. You know, cybersecurity doesn't fall on the shoulders of your IT department. Um, and, and, and that's been proven out, right? <clears throat> if you look at the recent cyber attack, that happened in the medical field. Um, I, uh, the hospital escapes me right now. I think it was H HHSS H something like that. But it was a it was a um, uh, one of those like Catholic run hospital systems, right? Um, that was recently attacked, and their CFO was let go in the middle of the recovery process, right? Mm -hmm. Because why? <clears throat> I don't know. Because that CFO probably fought for not to do cybersecurity to keep IT at a certain spend level. Right. And that resulted in them getting a cyber attack, which ultimately, you know, as we've been warning executives on this show for over a year now that you're going to lose your job if you get cyber attacked. Well, here we go. The CFOs are losing their jobs. Right. And interesting to me and rightfully so. It's usually not CEOs right now, unless it's really big. Um, and CFOs make the most sense to me because they're the ones who fight it yep. on the spend on this stuff. Yep. Um, so CFOs be forewarned that if you are going to try to <clears throat> make it fit into, or cybersecurity fit into an it budget that you believe should be somewhere around one to 3%, you're probably on the road to getting hacked and you're probably on the road to losing your job. Yeah, that's uh, interesting that you brought that up because we've seen we've seen five potential attacks um, in the last, I'd say, four to five months. And three of them started with CFOs. 
um, where they social engineered the CFOs um, and then the CFOs get into um, got into it a little bit and then realize once they're almost too far in, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Why am I about to give this person access to my bank or why am I about to give access to this other stuff? Um, yeah, so I, I think that makes sense. I would agree with that. That does make a lot of sense, uh, Brian. Um, we're still seeing tons of C CEOs get hit. A lot of times their their information, like their email and stuff, is most visible because almost every company on LinkedIn has a CEO you know, listed on LinkedIn. Um, but at the same time, yeah, seen a, seen a lot of CFO um, action. So, I mean, we don't have the time today because <clears throat> um, we're we're basically we're doing a short show today, and we're about ten <clears throat> minutes away from where we got to end. Um, but I think talking about this privileged access and this, you know, how do you deal with impersonation types of attacks um, will be a good show um, because mm -hmm. I think we're only going to see this increase more. Um, and people need to understand that there are things and tools that you need to have in place above and beyond what you probably know about and realize. And I'm talking about MFA and just, you know, privileged access. Th th that's all good. And you should have that. But that's not going to prevent this kind of stuff. And there are ways that you can prevent this kind of stuff, which I think it would be a good, at least good topic to talk about for a portion of the show uh, next week. So. Yeah, hackers are gonna follow the money, and if they they're they're all looking at their newspapers and blogs and like, what they did that this way that easy? Oh, we got to do it. Yep. So moving right along, guys, um, we wanted to talk about two major um, vulnerabilities that were released. That's kind of what what we were uh, naming the show today is like more vulnerabilities, more attacks on the horizon, right? And 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 the reason why is because number one. We just saw, you know, coming off the heels of, you know, the, you know, the Microsoft Exchange vulnerability that was hacked like crazy. And then we had the Move It one um, that was hacked like crazy. Well, now we have Move It announcing another popular file transfer tool has a major vulnerability. And along with that, on the same day, major firewall um, manufacturers, including Cisco, have announced that they have discovered back doors that mm -hmm. the Chinese government has created yeah. that basically allows them to have unfettered access, undetectable access to your networks. And when Cisco comes out and says, our firewalls are involved in this, that means a lot of companies are going to get hacked here in the next couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, this, this is a pretty uh, grim news, if you will. And, and the, the the scarier thing about it, Cisco made the headline, um, but if you get down into the article, we're we're talking. They're they're saying that everywhere they're going, they're they're finding these same footprints in Juni Juniper uh, firewalls, Arista firewalls. They mentioned Huawei. Um, we should probably assume that, um, but anyway, um, it's a pretty bad thing, Brian, because. If you can if you can control the firewall you can monitor the traffic uh, a lot of times the the firewall you can make that uh, what's called a man in the middle um where you could actually decrypt the traffic look at it and then re-encrypt it and send it back out there's a lot of things that can happen to that traffic over the network if the firewall has been compromised 
And are they saying that they're they they're recognizing this, but there's not even a fix for this yet, right? There's no update. Even if you're all patched up, you're still in this uh, predicament. Yeah, they're not quite sure what vulnerability or vulnerabilities that they're using, which is uh, <laughs> yeah. The article I read yesterday was basically like they built their own vulnerability. They were able to basically change the firmware. Yeah, or running on these devices. Yeah, which is mind blowing. That um, now, on <clears throat> in the Cisco case, they basically came out and said, and and, and I feel like this is a, this is that age old debate, you know, because again, we're we're a very uh, infant infant uh, uh, industry, but you know, for years now, a lot of cybersecurity professionals have been having this debate on. Like when Cisco comes out and says, well, this only impacts older firewalls. If you're using our newer firewalls, they have secure boot and, and this can't be done. Right. But there's a lot of companies out there who don't think twice about their firewall. Right. The Internet works. Um, they don't need to worry about it. It was installed <clears throat> by some company um, years ago and they don't worry about it. And there's a lot of companies out there that fall into that category. Especially if they paid six, seven, eight thousand dollars for it. They're, that is the last thing on their mind. We're, we're going to, you know, milk this thing until it dies. Hundred percent. So, there's a, there's a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say there's an entire Cisco uh, sub ecosystem, if you will, uh, where you're certified in Cisco. Um, there's Cisco certification for high school students, college students. Um, this is, uh, like I said, pretty grim news, you know, um, because they have been considered, you know, safe, but at the same time, they're in a lot of places. Um, that's part of their, you know, the ecosystem that they sell is, is safety. Um, so it's, uh, going to be interesting how to see how this plays out. I a hundred percent. I mean, it's not going to be pretty. Um, we just know this based on the heels of, like I mentioned, the Microsoft Exchange, other attacks that are like this. These devices that are internet facing um, and companies that don't pay attention to them, it's a widespread issue. Um, and we see it all the time. Um, vulnerabilities that have been discovered years and years ago, there's still devices out there today that exist and people just don't do anything with them. And hackers know this. This is why there's a shift going on with, with cyber criminals. It's less about phishing. It's less about your employees. And it's more about this stuff right now because they know this is an easier way in and it's going to work because mm -hmm. companies just put out horrible software that's full of security holes. And I mean, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you said it's, it's, it's bad because if you're sitting on the firewall um, and you, you basically can, theoretically decrypt all the traffic. So you could theoretically see the username and password potentially going over the internet. I mean, there's so much you could get from owning the, or poning, whatever you want to call it, the firewall slash router. That's usually what we're talking about here in most of these cases. 100%. So, I mean, and just to kind of touch on, I know we're quickly running out of time here. But to touch on the other vulnerability, it, you know, we, we had this move it one, right? And as I mentioned, 
Um, the tally that Klopp has is over 2,000 organizations at this point that have been hit by Move It. That's a ton of money. They, I mean, I'm sure everyone that works at Klopp can go and retire on the French Riviera if they wanted at this point, um, which is wild if you think about it. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> there's a new vulnerability from Move It, the maker, who apparently they bought up like basically every FTP program known to man. They also own WSFTP, which is a very popular and has been around for as far as I can remember. Um, uh, you know, it's been around for a long time. Now, WSFTP server has several vulnerabilities that need to be patched immediately. Um, and, and this is going to be the same story, guys. Um, you know, uh, some of the current people that we know that use this software are the Denver Broncos a gaming company called Rocksteady, H&M Software, Scientific America. These are customers that we know use this product. So it's just going to be trouble. So This is the time yeah. to scan your, scan your computers, look for those keywords for in your application and softwares, do audits, because if you have this, this is the time, uh, no pun intended, but to move it. Yeah, and then... <laughs> You know, kind of moving right along, guys. Um, at the end of the day here, we got, you know, the last thing I want to kind of let everybody know about and what we're what we're kind of looking at out there. Um, we got a we got a group out here called Darkbeam, um, who just leaked billions of email and password combinations. Um, and <clears throat> it's pretty interesting because typically when you see this amount of of records being dumped, it's usually kind of a compilation of what's already been out there. Um, but we're learning that that's not the case with this one. Um, and they believe that this group was able to obtain this through some kind of human error um, where something was left unprotected. Um, and unfortunately, you know, hopefully you have a service that's, that's you know, looking on the dark web for this kind of stuff. There. Uh, for you, whether you're doing it personally through like an Experian or some kind of credit monitoring who offers also dark web scanning, uh, or maybe you have it through your company where your IT department or your outsourced IT provider is looking for this stuff on the dark web for you and making you aware of, hey, this combination, this username and password is out on the dark web. You want to maybe think about stop using it and, and maybe you start using a password manager as well. Um, so that's kind of where things are at, but this is going to be another thing, guys, that's going to lead to more attacks, right? Usernames and passwords being out there, that allows, you know, social engineering attacks like we saw with MGM to happen. And then it also allows for brute force attacks to happen where somebody just guesses a username and password on a corporate VPN because it's in this database, right? Right. I mean, so actually, uh, Dark Darkbeam actually has a service for their customers um, where they they search the dark dark web for vulnerabilities, and they compile a database, and they left that database open, so so the information was leaked out. Um, so. Uh, apparently they were using it and keeping usernames and passwords um, so they could notify their customers. But then since they had all this information they had compiled, 
um, and then they left it open on an elastic search, it looks like, and it was able to to get to get leaked. So yeah, we're talking. <laughs> so you sign up with these guys to monitor your dark web and they ended up, you know, you give them all your stuff so they can monitor that. And oops, they all accidentally leaked all that to the dark web. So yeah, I bet you companies like um know before and and bullfish are running around making sure that their uh <laughs> buckets are are uh, not yeah. unprotected. Yep. So, all right, guys, we've hit our limit. I got to run to a meeting. Um, anything else you guys want to share before I cut off the uh, stream here? All good. Uh, yeah, all good. All right. Always lots to talk about. Yep. We, it was a short, condensed show this week. We had to get it in and keep our, our weekly uh, posting consistent, which we always do. Um, I'm glad I'm feeling better enough here at the end of the week to get it done. We'll see you guys probably again on Tuesday, right? We're scheduled to go Tuesday. Yep. yep. And then uh, <clears throat> we'll just give everybody a heads up. In uh, the end of October, we'll all be together in uh, sunny Florida and bringing you a, a live, live show some way, in some way, shape, or form. So um, we appreciate, everybody, appreciate everyone's comments. Sorry we didn't get to them all. Look for our deep dive on the social engineering attacks uh, next week, and we'll give you some insights on how you can start protecting yourselves from somebody calling in and impersonating an employee and leading to a hack. So see you in the next one. Take care. All right.